Welcome to Ozarks Hates and Hooch. This ain't no fancy, academic, check your references kind of deal. We are two sisters from the Ozarks, sipping and spewing about Hanks, Hooch, and history. everybody this is dina and you are listening to ozarks haints and hooch i am with a dawn say hi dawn there she is um we're so glad that you tuned in to us today just remind you that we are two girls in two separate states with um sometimes questionable wi-fi signals yeah um we also have animals and i do have one child here i had to think about it he's pretty quiet though i'm hoping he's cleaning his room but that's probably not happening it's spring break here in uh forsyth missouri and i woke up this morning to 27 degrees that's right 27 degrees the first morning of spring break hey it's spring break in south carolina Uh, too and it's the coldest week we've had in several weeks and tonight's a freeze warning so yay yeah, it's freezing, freezing. Like yeah. today and tomorrow are our nicest days. Um, and then it rains the rest of the week. Mm-hmm. So woohoo, fun. Or maybe Wednesday. We may get a little bit of Wednesday too. I'm just anyway. It gets to 70, so I can go drive to the beach and walk on it because I've certainly am not staying on the beach because yeah. it's cold everywhere. Yeah, after Wednesday, we're not even going outside. It's gonna be cold and rainy. <sighs> So, yeah, woohoo, yay, spring break. Yeah, really, really <laughs> going to be in my bed under the covers. Um, all right, where was I? We are on um, face- Facebook. We are on Instagram. You can find us on our website, which is ozarkshainsandhooch.weebly.com. And you can also find us on all the platforms that you want. Um, we usually record on uh, or you can find us on the first and the fifteenth of every month, right? And because we record on the thirtieth and the fourteenth. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's the thirteenth. It's the thirteenth it today. We're two days ahead. Okay. Oh, uh, sorry. I, <laughs> yeah, we're we're gonna talk more about that later. Yeah. Um, am I forgetting anything? Have I Patreon. done? Though the Patreon, yep. If you'd like to be patrons, we would appreciate that. You don't have to sign up for a monthly donation. You can do one lump sum and send us on a cruise. Like I said, I don't know, a couple times well, before. before. We'd we still do on, that. Before we go on a cruise, we got to pay off some bills. So Okay. Yeah. Except I will tell you that I found an Australian cruise through Carnival that's 22 days for $650 for two Wow. People. Going out where? Australia. You got to fly to Australia. <laughs> Oh, I thought you meant it was like the 22 days was on the ocean. It is. The 22 days is on the ocean, but you get on in Brisbane. Oh, wow, well, wow. Well. Okay. I would still do it. It would be okay. 22 days for $650 yeah, for two people. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's crazy. All right. Anyway, I digress. Um, So I did the drink. Uh, Don hates it. I could drink it every day. Um. In fact, the next um, Sunday fun day we have at Teresa's mom's house is probably going to feature this hillbilly punch is what it's called. It is one ounce of white rum, one ounce of peach schnapps, 
one ounce of amaretto, six ounces of cranberry juice, and four ounces of lemon lime soda. So you put ice in a mason jar and you pour all of the alcohol in. And then you add the cranberry juice, stir it, and top it with the lemon lime. You garnish with an orange reel and a cherry. And this says drink responsibly. Um, it's real. It's going to be too sweet for Dawn. That's what she's yeah. going to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it. It's it's fruity. I love, I think I love peach schnapps is what it really. I Which like. is what I really don't like. Yeah. Well, okay. So um, yeah, it's good. Uh, I did like empty out part of my uh, bar though, because I had enough rum for this drink and enough amaretto. So I threw two bottles away this morning. So the trash man's going to think I'm had a really good weekend. Yeah. <laughs> so there's going to be two empty bottles. Of started early. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I, I did. Yeah. It's too sweet for me. And remember, I'm not a big rum fan either. Mojitos I like, and that's about it. But I did not have any seven up. So I had to make my own. And um, so I didn't make it as sweet. And so yeah it, this is not for me so mm-hmm. so just remember that i just took a drink um, right then all right the next time i want to make a bourbon drink you remember that i had to I do it i just don't like it and then i end up giving it to scooter because he okay. does like it well he would I'm like this one too though and teresa definitely would like this one we you had know, um notice so, on the pictures that my mason jar is tiny <laughs> Yeah, mine's not. If I had full one size. of those little jelly jars, I would have done that, but I didn't. <laughs> it's a full size. Mine is a full size. We went to, um, we had a Sunday fun day yesterday and um, went to see Teresa's middle son, Eben, was at, this is, I feel so bad for him. He was in his state match, wrestling match. It's his senior year of high school. He was winning the match and he dislocated his kneecap. Yeah, and so it was so bad I really can't talk about it because I have PTSD because my kneecaps dislocate and when I start talking about it I get fidgety and freak out a little bit like when they were talking about it yesterday I had to go inside myself and not listen to it mm-hmm. and nobody understands how badly it freaks me out I have a feeling Eben is going to understand how badly it freaks me out after this but um he had surgery last week and they had to like it not only dislocated his knee it like fractured his kneecap and his femur and tore a bunch of stuff up and this kid has um purdue wrestling called him like oh wow so it was but they found a really great doctor out of harrison and he did the reconstructive surgery and he said six months he'll be 100 percent. oh good that's good He's also one of our young mats, but he said that if he does the physical therapy and it's not too hard on his knee, he'll be able to ride a horse and, and young mat this summer too. So, okay. Yay. Anyway, I said all that, um, to say that we went over there and our drink of the day yesterday was a fuzzy leprechaun and it was green and Dawn would have hated it. <laughs> Cough syrup. No, it was, it was good. Uh-uh. All right, that's it. I'm done. I'm going to let Dawn talk. Oh. She's got the big story, right? Are you ready? I do. Yeah, but first, we need to talk about... Um, uh, so, there is a possibility 
that I might be in the Ozarks for an extended time this summer, which is great because then Dina and I can like do things in the same room and do more other things and all that stuff. So, Mm -hmm. um, but in order to do that, I'm going to blame this all on me. Um, I'm going to have to get ready to be in the Ozarks for a while. And so I I think we didn't take a break in over the holidays like people usually do. So people that listen to us, please be patient and allow us to take a break until June 1st. Um, I will try to get some Ozarks fun links up on our website. You can follow us um, there. Um, You know, there are a lot of people in the Ozarks that are doing really fun things. And I would love to sort of give them a shout out. And so watch on the 15th and the 1st. That what's this March, right? 15th. So watch April 1st and April 15th and May 1st and May 15th, because I will put some content up there. But I just am panicking a little bit. I'm afraid I don't have time to edit and do all that stuff as evidenced by (laughs) if you look on the website, you'll see that mom doesn't have a drawing because I forgot to tell her because I'm literally pulling this out of my butt as we're broadcasting or you are not supposed to tell people that I know, but I'm, I'm trying to be honest. Um, which brings me to this, um, so podcasts take a lot of time. I mean, I don't know, you, you know, they're fun. They're way fun. And yes, you sit in front of a microphone and shit talk for an hour or whatever. But then after that, there is some time involved in making the website and doing all that stuff. And we we can't afford to hire somebody to do that. And bless Riley's heart. She um, helps with our social media. But, you know, um, that's why our Patreon is really important. I mean, it costs to have to what do you call it it costs to have space in the cloud to to store our past episodes mm-hmm. so anyway um uh all this is to say we're going to be back june 1st with something really great and and still kind of look at everything and if you can find it in your heart if you like what we've done um please donate to our patreon and also um talk to us over uh, our social media, uh, we should say that somebody, a couple people, right, talked uh, to about us. About fire in the hole. hole. Yeah. People yeah, are really upset thing. about that. And it's it's very nostalgic. And thank you all for reaching out and talking to us about that and telling us your experiences because we appreciate it. And during this time, if you all can think of something that you would like us to research and maybe go to or talk about, please, please do that. Because I'd like for us to do a little planning instead of, you know, do this at the last moment, which I feel like we've done for like the last four times. And I'm sorry, but, um, you know, life gets in the way when this isn't your full time gig. So, um, okay, so today (laughs) I'm not really pulling this out of my butt because I have done a lot of research on this person. Um, I am going to write a show about her. Mom knew her, grandma and grandpa knew her. A lot of people around the Ozarks know of her. Um, I've talked with her granddaughter, who's very nice, but I'm going to do ghost stories that Kay Kennedy McCord collected. 
And that's who my show is going to be about. So if, if you don't know who Kay Kennedy McCord was, I'm going to give you a little history on her and then I'll get into the ghost stories. But hey, this is Dawn and I'm listening to this editing it. And it sounds like I'm saying Kay, K-A-Y, Kennedy McCord. I'm not. Her name is May, M-A-Y, Kennedy McCord. Okay, back to the program. She was born in 1880 in Carthage, Missouri. She moved, she and her family moved to Galena in 1886. Um, her parents were both educated. Her father was a teacher. Um, he got tuberculosis. And so the doctor told him to move. They ended up in uh, Galena. She was educated too. She graduated from Sheldon's private college in Aurora, which is no longer, but it was a small college then. Um, then they later moved to Arizona from 1890 to 1892 because of it, the father's tuberculosis was getting worse. Um, she um, was really an interesting person. She did theater. She rode horses. I mean, there's stories about her, you know, flying through a field with her hair streaming behind her. Um, she went to stenography school, and then in 1903, she married Charles McCord, and they moved back to Galena. So she had three children, and in 1918, her husband was promoted. He was a salesman, I think, and they moved to Springfield. And so to keep herself busy, she started writing columns for the Springfield News and Leader, and they called it Oh, well, 1932 was when she was a columnist, but they called it Hillbilly Heartbeats. And if you guys have ever read um, a small town newspaper, like I don't know if the Taney County paper does this anymore, but they used to have somebody write about what was going on in town. And I had a friend who lived in the city and he would call me because he wanted me to read out loud, you know, Wanda went to see her sister-in-law in Las Vegas and boy, did she have a time and stuff <laughs> like that. And so little papers had that stuff about what was going. It was really gossip was what it was. So anyway, she starts out like that. Um, but then because she's collecting Ozark's lore, and I mean, she's like going into the mountains. She knows granny women. She knows because she grew up in Galena, and we all know how the Ozarks is pretty protective of their own, even if their own go away and then come back. I mean, I can, I can attest to that personally, that when I come home, I'm still considered a local, you know, even though I've been away for years. But anyway, um, like the uh, the secretary of the Missouri Historical Society wrote to her, um, the Saturday Evening Post, which was huge back then, wrote to her and asked her to um, write for them. And, and she declined. And in her papers, they found a grocery list on the back of that letter, which I think is hysterical. <laughs> um, but the other cool thing she did, which I really love, is she collected ballads. And she played guitar and she um, would go up in the hills and she was really adamant on making sure that the ballads were exactly how they were performed for her. So she didn't um, she didn't alter them at all for her own. And so in the mid thirties, she's traveling across the whole country to sing these ballads. And in 1942, um, 
she does a radio program for St. Louis's KWK, um, which so she's traveling constantly like she becomes busier than her husband, who's this. So in 1943, he dies. And in 1945, she gets her own radio show on KWTO, which keep watching the Ozarks. That's used to be there back when I was a kid. That was their little jingle tagline. So she really spoke a lot about who hillbillies were and what they thought and the poverty that you found in the Ozarks and she was included in folklore societies. She knew Vance Randolph and, um, oh, help me, Dina. Uh, Mankey. And, and uh, Mank Mankey's. Yeah, uh, William. William Mankey? No. Douglas Mankey. Douglas, yeah. And and Mrs. Mankey. And I can't remember her. But she Mary. Knew, Mary? Yeah. No, I don't think. I don't know. And also uh, Otto Rayburn, I think was his name, who collected a bunch of Ozarks folk songs. So she died in 1979. And one of my high school friends handed me a book that she, her granddaughter, Patty McCord, and a professor at Missouri State, Christine Sutliff, created together where they took a bunch of her letters and songs and stories and put them into this book called the queen of the hillbillies and uh, so my friend gave me this and was like this is your next show and she's absolutely right um the thing that's different you know it's always great when you're writing these solo shows to try to find something about your life that connects with who you're writing about and um you know the fact that she sings folk music and and people <laughs> talk in her book about always wanting to have her at their party because she was really fun and um, she had parties at her house all the time, too. But here's the difference. She was a temperance person. So oh, no. she didn't drink at all and really fought against that. So that's the one <laughs> that's the one path where we diverge. <laughs> not not alike, not alike. Yeah. And she was pretty religious. I mean, all that was grounded in good old Ozarks Protestantism. So um but the, the book is amazing, if you all, uh, uh, Queen of the Hillbillies. And so what I thought I would do today is tell some ghost stories out of the book. And of course, these are stories that she personally collected um, from people that she met along the way. So I'm just going to read a few of them. Um, some of them have to do with what we've talked about in the past. So this is... Um, a, uh, a man named Thomas Elmore Lucy from Russellville, Arkansas, shared this bit of ghost lore with her. Um, so the winter of 1883, a country home on Morristown Mountain in Pope County, Arkansas. Half a dozen families had followed my father from North Carolina to this new Arkansas land where, quote, flapjacks fell off in the trees into puddles of molasses. <laughs> Oh, God, if you knew the rocky ground, that's a lot. But anyway, <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty. Some of them had actually swallowed the glittering stories of the immigration agents hook, line, and sinker. So about 50 of us raw-boned farmers and our wives, scrawny, hard-working, snuff-dipping, child-bearing mothers and aunts with their retinue of tousle-headed but pink-cheeked children were crowded into a two-room house. Remember, this was written in the early 1900s, probably. 
Some slept in the barn, others in the kitchen. The half dozen families had all come in on the same train, but good old fashioned Southern hospitality knew no such word, word as stuffy inconvenience. It was good to be alive and breathe the same air with the kin folks whom we had not seen for two years. And the Ozark air was a panacea for those who had never seen a mountaintop. I mean, that's true. People think when when I say something about Missouri, people think like North Missouri, which is not very pretty, frankly, or the boot heel, which except for the river is not very pretty. And so people come to the Ozarks for the first time and they're like, my God. And you're like, yeah, <laughs> no, we tell you that. So um, a white haired grandma and the youngest daughter had just stepped out of the door into the darkness and the clouds hid the moon and stars. There was a shriek as they came tumbling back in the door, almost in a faint. A big tall man with a white shirt front, a white shirt front came right at us in the yard. After recovering a bit, they were still sure of the intruder. Grandma could almost describe his dress in detail and he was giant in stature. So there was an immediate posse formed. The men examined their muskets after first carefully stalking around the house with lanterns and finding nothing. All night long, they watched in relays while the women talked in whispers. Came daylight, the watchers peered from the doorway. A tall, angular Arkansas cow with a white blaze face stood contentedly chewing her cud near the doorstep. <laughs> so huh. evidently the ghost was a cow. Um, okay, here's one about the Joplin spook light, which... If you guys, I don't remember, we did that our very, very first episode. So uh, let's see. This is her voice. We had some folks in to dinner and we got awfully worked up about this strange light that shines at night about 12 miles the other side of Joplin near Hornet, Missouri. About five years ago, our news and leader reporters, that's Springfield News and Leader, went to see this light, and it was discussed pro and con in the paper. I am sure you must all have heard of it. There are cars and cars every night in the summer anyway watching the strange thing. That's really kind of true, actually. Uh -huh. um, a certain young man who drives a truck saw it last week, and he said the boys stopped and watched it a half hour. He said, believe me, it's the spookiest, craziest thing I ever saw. And if I'd been alone, I believe I would have taken out down the road afoot. He said many cars were watching. I have heard it is around 1.30 to 2 a.m. And then I heard that it's any time after 9 o'clock. And what we heard was 10 to midnight or mm -hmm. 10 to 1, maybe. Um, you park your car, or get out at a certain point, and a large greenish light about as big as the steering wheel is up the road and goes from place to place. Um, and so she goes on to describe uh, the light, but then she says, many scientists have visited the place, people from Kansas City, Joplin, St. Louis, and all about, and I'm simply dying to go and always have been, but I can never get anyone that wants to go. So here's a good one from a contributor. I suppose this is at night, shiver my timbers, that's her. So this is from the contributor. I feel that your group of Ozarks mysteries would be incomplete without a description of the peculiar ghost light near my home. It can be seen about three or four miles west of Hornet, Missouri, a small store located midway between Joplin and Seneca, Oklahoma, right? Or Kansas. 
Seneca. Seneca. Oh, maybe that's Missouri. It's a Missouri, yeah. yeah. I just know that the spook light, didn't we say, is really in Oklahoma, but you see it from Missouri, I think. Um, driving west on the graveled road, one usually notices a whitish glow on the horizon. It becomes brighter and brighter, finally bursting forth into a brilliant ball of fire. Sometimes it resembles the headlight of an approaching car. Often it has the dull reddish glow of a lighted farmhouse window, and sometimes it flickers brightly like an enormous jack-o'-lantern. On moist stormy nights, it's been seen when it appeared as large as a wash tub. <laughs> Frequently wash. it can be washed. It can be seen as two lights, one as a ball of fire rolling toward you while another one hangs suspended in the air above the first. At times, the light seems to remain stationary, but usually it seems to be moving toward one, growing brighter as it comes near, then suddenly vanishing. Many people come to see this light, but none have satisfactorily explained it. Old settlers in the neighborhood have been familiar with this light for 50 years or more. I've also heard rumors of Indian legends woven about it, and that's Orpha Von Haddock, Seneca, Missouri. There you go. Uh, Springfield News and Leader, March 15th, 1936. I can tell you when I saw it as a five or six-year-old, it looked like a lantern bouncing. I mean, I don't remember seeing colors, but that was a long time ago. At least mm -hmm. 30 years, Dina. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Here's a ghost story from an Ozarks minister of the gospel. I read your stories, ghost stories with interest, and I will add a modern daylight story. Two days before Christmas, 1925, four of us were sitting in plain view of Little Creek Cemetery, and there appeared a pillar of fire about 10 feet high with a flaming star at the top of it. It occurred at 4.15 p.m., and there was at the same time three days, and there it was at the same time three days later. It appeared four times. I've lived here 14 years and have lived inside of other cemeteries, and it's the first ghost I ever saw, and I'm 75 years old. I've been a preacher 55 years. A man went to the cemetery to watch for it and be there when it came, said he, was, he would throw his coat over it. <laughs> well, it came, but he ran like a turkey. Yours in Jesus' name, A.J. Graves, Hartsville, uh -huh. Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> Ran like a turkey, oh. yours in Jesus' name. Um, yeah, and she talks about, there are several stories about people seeing um, things in cemeteries, and she said sometimes there are rare cases of some, I can't pronounce this word, gas, which escapes from decaying bodies. And this produces a sort of blue fire. So I don't know about a pillar of fire. That's scary. Oh. Uh, here's another graveyard ghost. Uh, this is from, oh, listen to this name, Parthenia G. Wilson of Marionville, Missouri. And this is her neighbor's story from Stone County. There was a little graveyard not far from where they lived. People have been telling for several days about a ghost rising up out of a grave at night, always when someone came along. This man did not believe in ghosts. One night he went by and sure enough, there came up out of the grave something white and it went down again. He said he could hardly keep his hat on. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> 
He stopped and watched it. And when it came up again, he heard a noise. He decided to go see what it was. And the closer he got, the more scared he got. The thing came up and went back several times before he could get up nerve. Finally, he got close enough and got his senses together and saw it was a horse's head. He went up and found an old white horse that had walked onto a grave and it had caved in with him. He would rear up and try and get out and slip back and try again. <laughs> so when the ghost is found, it's always something alive. Mm. Um, and then she kind of chastises her because she solves the ghost story. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's never fun. You're not supposed to solve mm -hmm. a ghost story. Let me see. I got two more. Okay. I'm All listening. right, this one is a long one, so I may skip over parts of it. This is the ghost story of Dead Man's Pond near Reed Spring. Okay, where's that, I Dina? I don't know. That's a Teresa question. Well, write it down and ask her. All right. Okay. For some time, I've been wanting to tell you about the ghost story of Old Dead Man's Pond in my home county near Reed Spring. When a kid, I used to hear these tales. I'm afraid to go there still now, especially by myself after night. Pioneer Will Sharp of Reed Springs knows as much about this as anyone, and I tell it to you as he wrote it to me. It was the spring of 1884 that my father, W.G. Sharp, came to Stone County and located two miles west of the old Reed Spring with his family, a wife, six boys, and three girls. Okay, Two miles west of the old spring, which is downtown Reed Spring. Mm -hmm. I don't know where west is. I mean, from there. Are you asking me because you know that I don't know my direction? I know, but I'm just thinking, okay. I was then 16, the oldest of the children, and that was 57 years ago. I now live one mile south of Dead Man's Pond and will have lived within two miles of it for the whole 57 years. I've watched the deer lick in 50 yards of it and kill deer and one wolf there and have heard panthers scream many a time. But that's another story. It was at the close of the Civil War that a band of robbers robbed a bank in Illinois and one in North Missouri of $67,000 and pulled out for Southwest Missouri and Arkansas and Arkansas. A band of soldiers chased them across Missouri and down what was then the old wilderness road, which is number 13 highway now. Okay. We know I know where that is. Yeah. The story is that they overtook them at the place we now call Dead Man's Pond on Highway 13. Oh, bastard. He woke up. Sorry, people. There were soldiers... <laughs> There, the soldiers followed them onto where the road crossed White River at the mouth of Bull Creek. Where's that? Bull Creek. Well, like two miles. In, in Stone County? Okay, listen. Two miles above the bridge, which is now known far and wide as Kimberling Bridge. Okay, I know where that is. But that wouldn't be the big one, would it? I mean, this is... Oh, I mean, that's the only one I know. Okay. All right, people in Reed Springs. Where is this? There, the soldiers killed two more of the party. I feel like this might be a trip for us, Dina. And it is thought by lots of the remaining pioneer people that seven buckskin bags with all that money in them are in the hills of those Ozarks yet, because of course they are. Um, I could show you dozens of places that have been dug for the money and some think it's been found. I don't, and I will tell you why someday. As I said, I was just a big wandering boy when we came here and one day... 
I asked our nearest neighbor, Bill Pyatt, why they called this place the Dead Man's Pond, and the above is the story he told me, and any old-timers will tell you the same, I guess, about the robbers. I asked him if he would go out there with me someday, and he said he would. One day, we went out to this little pond, which was nothing more than a mud hole where the hogs wallowed, and mostly wild hogs then. There, we found what we took to be the arm and leg bones of a man and the skull bone. The eye sockets were intact. Ooh! We picked up a lot of those bones and put them in an old hollow stump that stands where the pond is now. Hmm. Now here's what my brother Palmer L. Sharp saw there one night. He had been to take his girl home, his wife now, some 30 years ago. They'd been to a party riding a horse apiece and he was leading her horse in the old fashioned way. So evidently she couldn't handle rain. So he was having, anyway, as he yeah, went back home, it was a nice starry night, and just as he was passing the pond, the horse he was leading slowed up and caused him to look around. He said he would have sworn there was a man in the saddle of the horse he was leading. The man just seemed to disappear right before his eyes, and he always tried to beat the dark after that. Now, my brother was not afraid of any ghost, but what did he see? Here's what Willie Weber saw there. In the late evening, as he was coming home from Reed Springs, he was certainly not looking for any ghost. He is a truthful man, as I know. As truthful a man as I know. As he walked along the road, just before he came to the pond, he found a small package tied up in brown paper in the road. He picked it up, and after examining, examining it, found it to be a pair of stockings and a pair of shoestrings. He knew that the old man Osborne, who lived out on the ridge beyond his place, had gone ahead of him a short time before, and when he looked up the road, there some 40 yards off to one side, where the path turned to go to his house and the Osborne house, he saw a woman coming down the path toward him. He thought it was Mrs. Osborne, with a black dress on and a red apron, and her hands rolled in the apron. She was looking down, and he thought she was looking for the lost package. But when he came in line with her, he could never see her anymore, though he looked all around and he could see for several hundred yards around the place, but he never saw this strange woman again. I could tell you others who saw this mysterious woman in black and many other unaccountable things all within a short distance of old, of old dead man's pond. That was written in 1942. Hmm. Well, I'm um, going to have to find out where... Where that is, I know. Yeah. I mean, surely somebody's found the bones if that's true and done something with them. But it's probably there's probably a building on top of it now or something. Yeah. Um, okay, here's my last one. And thank you again, Patty McCord and Christine Sutliff, because this book is really, really interesting. Um, if you have relatives around Springfield and Stone and Taney County. Um, I, I would get the book because you may find them in here. I have another ghost story and a real startling, startling one from May Trawler. Oh, all right. Sorry, my phone started ringing. I'm a glutton for ghost scares and I'm gonna tell you about when the ghost that terrorized our countryside for a month, about the ghost, that terrorized our countryside for a month when I first began teaching. The youngsters began coming into school with stories of how someone over by Payne's Orchard, I feel like I've heard that before, 
Payne's Orchard. Mm-hmm. Okay. Had been frightened by a vague shape apparently composed of fog or gaseous substance. The thing would rise in front of someone riding or walking along the lonely woods front, float airily for a moment, and then drift off across the famous old orchard. Then older persons began seeing the ghost. Of course, by the end of the month, that spirit creature had gained alarming proportions. One day, another teacher and I compared notes, discovered we both loved ghosts, and decided to beard this one in its habitat. So beard must mean find or investigate. We hired two boys to drive us. And when the woodland grew violet with the weird hour of twilight, we loitered and waited. Off to our left suddenly appeared a strange luminous object, something like a fog, but I shall always declare it had a human shape. The thing wavered and started towards us. Then with a faint breath-like sigh, or maybe that was the pounding of our hearts, it drifted off above the orchard and away out of history. It never was seen again so far as we could learn. But here's a secret which I'll bet anything that you, Mae McCord, can understand. I'm glad the ghost mystery never was solved. So many of life's breathless wonders and mysteries have proved drab and disappointing when they were subjected to an analyzing process. And so I'm glad the ghost escaped the cold eye of scientific explanation to mix metaphors hopelessly. Why am I glad? Because at heart, I'm a hill girl through and through. And no girl's life was ever complete without a its bit of mystic lore to store away. So oh, that's a good way to end because I think that's true of, of both of us, right? Yeah. yeah. We don't, we my don't... dog's about to lose his mind, by the way. I'm just warning you. Who is? My dog. Oh, well, Elvis perked up and howled while ago. But anyway, yeah, so there, there's, there they are. And I don't know that I just found them really interesting. I'm sure I there are know. a whole bunch more, but that's what they chose to include in the book. So, yeah. Um, and if you didn't understand what, how the hillbilly but punch worked in with her story, she was called, I, she, you said that, and I was going to mention something, and then you went on to something Queen else. Queen of the hillbillies. Yeah, she was called Queen of the hillbillies. So that's yeah. why I chose. Yeah. Billy Punch. Yeah. And so she's really credited with, you know, I mean, so here's the difference between her and Vance Randolph. Um, so he he went around and he collected stories too, but she claims he kind of altered them maybe to make them a little more exciting. And he wasn't very um discriminating. And he also was all about he was not a temperance person. So she didn't care for him for that reason too. But um, when she collected things, she tried to be as absolutely, um, oh, what am I saying? Correct as she could possibly be. So it's yeah. interesting that she started this out as a hobby and then really became this, regional and i mean really national kind of personality who you know explained the weirdness of the ozarks oh, oh there he goes yeah all right so anyway that's it <laughs> good sam is uh barking instead of clapping for you oh thank you sam <laughs> yeah. yeah sorry the little dogs are going out to potty so um 
he thinks that he needs to let them know that he's here and it's ethan mm-hmm. oh no he's he, we have to put him up wow he's in the bathroom but okay well such is my life right now all right good job don um i would like to not read that really book. It wasn't, but we swear, we swear, we swear we will be better June 1st. And that'll probably, Dina, we didn't talk about this. So let's just talk about it with all the people. With everybody. Yeah. That's how we do like that should probably be our season five. We'll just start a new season then. Okay. And who knows? We may come up with something way, way fun between now and then for a new season. Mm -hmm. So again, um, I'm sorry. I know it's your it's your time to say the end things, but I, I would again ask you to please, if you like what we do, um, talk to us. Tell us what you want to hear, and also really think about giving us a couple dollars a month because every little bit helps us to pay off this cloud storage and. Oh, there's, there's several things. Yeah. <laughs> there's several things you have to pay for, in other words. Yeah. Yeah. So, All right. Say the rest. All right. Um, once again, you'll hear from us again, June 1st. And, and, and look we at the We'll website. be together, hopefully. Hopefully yeah. we'll have exciting news by then. Yeah. And uh, so during that time, you can get online and get on our website. Dawn's going to try and add some um, extra stuff to that to give you some stuff to do while we're gone. We'll and... force Riley to upload some things um, on social media too. Yeah. And um, as always, if you want to contact us through Facebook or Instagram, we try to get back to you on both of those things. Um, and once again, if you want us to want us to come back bigger and better, you can always um, sign up to be our Patreon, patron on Patreon. Patron. There we go. Uh huh. Woohoo! I haven't even drank half my drink, and I can't talk. Yeah. All right. So everybody, have a good day, night, afternoon, wherever you are um, at your point in your listening journey. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that was yeah. good. Anyway, <laughs> Dina, <laughs> see ya or hear ya on uh, June 1st. Yeah. And remember, you didn't do that part. That's, oh, I thought that was your part. No, that's you. you. That's okay, oh, well. I did it. <laughs> you did it. It's fine. It's this is fine. why we need a break. This is why we need a break. <laughs> if you liked it, tell all your friends. But if you didn't, Keep your big mouth shut.